Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. It's always a pleasure to have you with us as we bring you these programs that give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And today we have a returning guest, Susan Lacks, and uh, we're going to talk, of course, about uh, the work that she does. Not only that, the books that she's written or compiled, actually, from uh, previous uh, um, wonderful inspirational moments. A Heart's Landscape is the title of the book. We've talked about it before. It's an ins- it is an invitation to the Garden of Moments. Susan, welcome back in uh, 2023. We're here celebrating our 15th year, and uh, you've been working on this and putting this together and presenting it for quite some time, and we thank you so much for being with us. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you and all your listeners. This Wonderful. book is uh, sort of a compilation, if you will, of uh, inspirational moments that you have produced, if you will, uh, as sort of a, a podcast of sorts, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us how that got started, how this this then, of course, transformed into this wonderful book. So the book is actually a collection of morning inspirations. And I've been writing morning inspirations for close to 14 years now. And they go out about three times a week, free to anyone who wants them. And they're really just moments. And um, in that moments, when we take a, a break to acknowledge a moment, an emotion from the buffet of emotions that we all have arises and heart awareness happens. And I think when heart awareness happens, um, a good moment can happen. And one good moment can lead to another. And what a great world would it be if it was full of lots of good moments. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so this book came about um, because um, my readers, The Morning Inspiration, really wanted a collection. Mm-hmm. They wanted something that they could just open the book to and read. And it would bring a moment of heart awareness to them. And, um, you know, it was hard to do because I had to compile from thousands of morning inspirations. Yeah. Only like a hundred and something. So it's like your babies, you know, like, oh, which baby do you like the best? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and I've evolved and my work has evolved and the world has evolved and the needs of people. And, you know, I'm a spiritual counselor. I work with people that are at end of life here and their families and people that are touched by illness and um, mainly cancer and, you know, being able to let them discover that within them, a moment of hope at any time always lives because it's just one moment. Yeah. And so to share with you where I've gotten since the last time we've spoken, and I believe I spoke to you when I was in Israel last time. I think you're right. Um, Yes. Right. So now I'm in my uh, Upper West Side, New York City apartment. (laughs) No, no beautiful views to be seen. Um, And I uh, probably in July or so, I had a, a woman who had said to me, you know, I can't look at myself in the mirror. And she was going through chemotherapy and she couldn't look at herself through the mirror. She said, I just don't want to look at myself. And I said, wait, you know what? I have this song that I want you to listen to. I listened to this magnificent singer songwriter named Shira and her songs are very folk singing and they awaken the heart And they have a momentum of healing, just like in my work, there is. And I just sent her and I said, just sending you this song. And our session ended, I would think between 15 and 20 minutes, I got a phone call. Oh my God, I saw myself. And the song is called, Am I Beautiful? And I realized then that my morning inspirations and my book, A Heart's Landscape, needed another level. They needed to be lifted so they could reach people all over the world with another element, music. And I met Shira 
And I said to her, well, what do you think about composing music to my writings, my morning inspirations, my heart's landscape book? And she said, <laughs> well, give me a book and let's see. Right away, she called me afterwards and she said, we're on, we're doing this. <laughs> and so we have been creating and meeting weekly and discussing. And this Sunday night at seven o'clock doors open, but at 7.30, this concert, which is in New York City at B'nai Jashrin, but it can be watched on Zoom at live stream. So anywhere in the world, someone can watch it. And it is a unique concert of songs that she composed from my writings, my readings of other inspirations. And we're going to, quote unquote, jam spiritual talk in between. And we have this phenomenal band that's playing with us. And I think it's going to be a moment of light and awareness and spiritual singing together, if you may. Um, but and in this world right now, that's quite broken on so many levels. Mm. It's going to be a beautiful source of light. So I, I, I really want to invite you and all of your listeners to please join in with us wherever you are. And um, you can find all the information on my website at susanpelax.com. Wonderful. Give us the particulars, uh, the the date, the time, and uh, the access point. And again, I know through your website. Yes. Yeah, so it's on March 26th, which is this Sunday. And um, I believe the live streaming will start at 730. And um, there you can click and get a ticket for a either to join us locally, you know, if you're in the New York area. And if not, you can sit at home with a glass of wine or a cup of tea and watch us via live stream. And um, yeah. SusanPLax.com is the website. We certainly hope that you will avail yourselves of that, folks. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we're talking with Susan P. Lax, and we're talking, of course, about her work, and uh, now something that has developed into, again, a concert on the the 26th, uh, dive, coming out of A Heart's Landscape, which is a book that uh, Susan has compiled. You know, I'm going to lie right now and say I'm not <laughs> a real fan of poetry, and the reason I say I'm going to lie is because... 99% of the music that's out there, specifically uh, uh, vocal with instrumental, is poems, if you will, put to music, even though the songwriter was, quote unquote, writing a song. If you were to take the music away and place it in stanza format, however you want to do that, mm -hmm. they're poems. There are those, some of my favorite artists are storytellers. All right, that's a, they can be poetic too, certainly. Right. But uh, actually I am a fan of poetry because some of the lyrics of some of the songs and then, and I can see how uh, she took your book and probably opened the very first page to the very right. first uh, <laughs> inspirational moment, a morning inspiration Boom, the melody started to roll around in her head, I'm sure. That's uh, exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. And in particular, it was, um, and by the way, if you want to find out more about Shira, just go to Shira, S-H-I-R-A, official.com. And her music is found on Spotify and wherever you listen to music. And, you know, she really, she, she, she sings from a place in her heart that is is poetic and i think that's where we both you know i say in one of the things that i wrote and i'm going to read in the concert is that we're generations apart but our heart was born from the same place and i think in the music like you're saying it lifted it to a different element because like you, there are people that perhaps don't, oh, poetry, I don't listen to poetry, right? I listen to music, right? And the music is what, what awakens them. But 
if you take the music that she's composed to this and these amazing musicians that are playing with this, oh my God, they're like unbelievable. And you take that to someone who says poetry perhaps is not my cup of tea, all of a sudden they'll be in a different realm. And that's that's really what the idea was behind here. You know, we talk about soul talk and soul talk comes in so many different versions. So this is just another one. Yeah, and I have to say that um, in, a, in a personal growth program I went through back in uh, the 90s, uh, yeah. uh, I was um, in a dyad, as they call them, uh, two mm -hmm. people, uh, with a gal who uh, lived in the Azores off of the uh, uh, Portugal Portuguese uh, peninsula. Uh, um, anyway, and um, uh, but she was American. And I got close to her, got to know her and everything. And I wrote these series of stanzas. Now, I'm still looking for the lyrics. I'm still looking for the the, the, the paper that I typed it on and made sure every single, because we're talking back then, uh, there was no computer. You know, you had to hit every key correctly. <laughs> and after I wrote it, it was like the melody just, it just appeared. It, it just appeared in my head. Uh, yeah. I mean, even the first line was three nights and a weekend is all we had together. Now, it sounds like a love song, but it's not. It's it's more a, a, a song about a connection that we had within the program that we were in uh, and the things that we learned about ourselves and and um, and how special she was to me as far as as that kind of a, a situation where she helped me to grow and hopefully I helped her as well. Uh, not that that was necessarily my intent, but I find that interesting where you can come across these kinds of things. I would, uh, uh, Shira is, is uh, uh, someone, how did you, how did you, how did you come to connect with her to make <laughs> so all of this happen? So I, I know Shira's mom from a whole nother world. Right. And so I had been listening to her music, but then the music became more and more a part of what I was listening to, not only for myself, but using it for people I was guiding. And that's really how I, I really got to listen to her music on my own, not through her mom. I just mm. knew that. And it's funny because when we first started working together, you know, she said, well, you know, because if you've seen my book and mm -hmm. so in it, there are stories, there are prose and there are poems, right? They're all different kinds. And it's really hard to take a story. Sometimes it's a little bit harder. Yeah. And but there were words that were so profound to her that it just came to her and her her talent of giving it like a beat with a drum and then doing more soft. And she's a ukulele player. So part of that. And there was one thing that I wrote, which the first line is, hey, Joy, I'm calling you. And um, she said I that, she said, was as if I had written a song. And I, I wrote that after we had started working together. So I wonder if that rubbed off on me, too, because I'm not I'm not a singer. As a matter of fact, I was told I'm not allowed to sing on the stage. <laughs> I have to be far away from the microphone when the communal singing is happening. <laughs> I hear you. I but you. but I love music. Music lifts my soul. It lifts my moment. And I see when I work with people, especially people at end of life, when I suggest to the family, let's find a tune for that person or for you. Let's fill the room with that. And it's always something that was meaningful. And so many times I've seen people at the end of life that when they heard something, you saw that last smile. Mm. It's, it's, it's that wonderful embrace of, of, of music that can do that to us. And sometimes it can be a reading and sometimes it can be a Bible. But for so many people, it is, it is a music. It's a tune. It's something there. And everybody has a song, even whether they can sing. It doesn't matter whether you can sing or not. Right. You have a song inside of you. I worked with a woman here in Santa Barbara. 
she has a program that's called An Odyssey of Song. And in exchange for her taking me through that pro that 12 step or 12 chapter program of finding yeah. my song at that time, uh, yeah. I helped to produce a few things for her. And and what came out of that not only was my song that I have uh -huh. I've since produced, but also right. uh last November of 2022. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about my dad who uh, was 90 was 91. And all of a the sudden these words just came up and the melody followed almost immediately and I grabbed my phone <laughs> cuz the last time one of these uh, songs came up um uh, I couldn't get my phone cuz I was driving. And uh so I I recorded it at least the chorus line. And then uh, I was able to add to it the verses, which I sing the chorus line, I speak the verses. Because it just seemed appropriate. And I delivered that at my father's uh, uh, memorial service wow. on the on the 10th of March of this year. Wow. And I delivered it the way I, rem I I said I would do it. And I sang the chorus line. And basically it was, uh, you know, Daddy, I know how much you love me. Daddy, I know how much you care. Uh, 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 I wouldn't be half the man I am if you hadn't been there. Because mm -hmm. my father did not feel as though he had really that much influence in our upbringing. He gives all the credit to my mother. And it's right. like, you have got to be kidding. You should have heard the words from my brother and three uh, remaining sisters. And the wow. things they said about him, it's like, really? If you were still alive and listening to this, you would realize you had a bigger influence on us than you realize. But anyway, the, these these moments come. And it yes. seems to me so important. Talk to us a little bit about this aspect of whether it turns into a song or not. When you get these inspirational thoughts, mm. you need to if grab a pen and paper, grab your phone and your recording device, whatever it is, to capture it because it's being given to you for a reason. So that's a beautiful thought. It's being given to you for a reason, right? Yeah. And I think that we in society so many times are on automatic pilot, right? We, we just go, we do, and... And heart awareness, as I call it, is really just being able to hear that inspiration, right? We have to train ourselves to be able to hear it or see mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. before we can say, oh, I'm just going to take it. And one of the things, there are so many different tools that we can practice to allow us to do that, to take that breath, to say, wait a second, I just thought of something. I'm going to stop and I'm going to acknowledge it. And even if we don't have a pencil and we don't have a recording vice with it, we have a moment of awareness and moments of awareness. Somehow they sneak into that little, I like to call heart memory that we have mm -hmm. and they're there and we can go back and call upon them at another time. They may not be exactly those words, mm -hmm. but the, the essence of the inspiration that came to us stays. As a matter of fact, I share in the concert uh, about gratitude because the whole concept of this concert was to have little pearl pods of different themes. And, um, and then the people that walk away from this concert will then have a strand of different pearl pods that can maybe be there for them, for their inspiration, for their moments of awareness. And one of the pearls that we talk about is gratitude and how, you know, we can have a moment of gratitude or, or joy or anything that happens, but let us keep that. And when we need it, we can call upon it at a different time. And so these inspirational moments of awareness that we have can be put into those little pods, those little pearl pods that we then put into our soul toolbox to have when we need them. And it seems also that whether you 
record it in whatever format you record it, stone tablet and chisel <laughs> or or current technological advancements, if if you're able to even express it where you are right then and there, in other words, the words and, and verbalize it. If a melody comes, great, verbalize it if you can. Yeah. Because that yeah. comes out and goes into the ear, even though it's in your mind, it's in your heart. It's like the rest of you needs to hear it too. Oh, it's giving a voice to our inner voice, right? Exactly. <laughs> giving your voice. And, and in the end of the day, that's my intent by writing my morning inspirations, you know, um, and by that book that open it, read it. And yeah. maybe be an inspiration to something that that then from there you will bring that forward, you know. And I think in the end, we all have inspiration within us. Mm -hmm. It's part of who we are. Yeah. We just have to welcome it. Absolutely. Susan Lax, my guest here on the program, SusanPLax.com is the website. And guess what, folks? You are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it's uh, really a pleasure to have returning guests to our program. We've sort of gotten to know them, and if you have not yet heard our first interview, please go to the podcasts and uh, look up the interview that we did originally with uh, Susan P. Lax on A Heart's Landscape and uh, find out more in that regard. Go to her website as well and find out about the concert that's upcoming Sunday, the 26th of March, 2023. Now, now this isn't live. This is, has already been recorded or is it live? No, it's going to be live. It is live. Okay. It's live stream. It's live. If in New York city, you're going to see live it. from New York. It's exactly Susan for, the, <laughs> for the first time, like I'm going to be experiencing it. We're going to do this together. How exciting and, um, it really is! That 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 must have been uh, quite a uh, quite a was it was it a, a hurdle for you to get over to do something like this? Uh, because you know that there are going to be hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are going to be watching this thing, whether you can see them or not. You've got to feel them. Uh, is there any level of intimidation of uh, nervousness in regards to this, this, or is it just, you know, I'm just going to be in my space, uh, knowing they're all out there and I here we go. I, it, so I'm going to answer that in two parts. One is the first part. I'm so excited about this and I'm so thrilled because I know that it will reach people and change a moment for them to make it better. For mm. me, and I, and that is the biggest, the biggest of everything here. It's going to stay with people. There's going to be a beat. There's going to be a tune that they're going to be able to repeat. Um, so that's number one. Number two, you know, because it's it's in a in a hall where there's going to be an audience, a live audience. Um, I'm going to feel the energy through them and through all those people, as I call it, in Zoom land. And remember, we're 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 COVID people, right? We've lived in, we've lived in Zoom land. It's not that, something new, right? That is so true. So I've done workshops and I've done uh, worked and guided groups and people all through COVID. So you know, and and it's not foreign to me. Yeah, it's not foreign. But I, I have to say, there are butterflies of excitement because I can't wait to feel the energy of everyone else. Yeah. There are those, uh, especially comedians who say that, yeah, we all know what zoom is and it ought to be outlawed. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you like that <laughs> it's been a godsend for me because, um, uh, uh, back on, I think it was mother's day of 2020, uh, set up, we set up a family zoom, uh, to connect on that day with everybody. Uh, and at that time, uh, we were all still here. My uh, four sisters, my brother and I, and my mother and father. And since mm. then, I have lost my eldest sister and my father. Mm. And, uh, and and that's raised a lot of interesting uh, uh, subjects and conversation. And there are times when I was like, well, I'm going to call my 
I'm going to call my older sister and, um, and this is not my eldest, but, but she's my remaining older sister. Uh, we're very close and we've stayed in contact and she's kind of, as my mother put it, the sort of the glue that has helped keep things together, even though she can't do a whole lot. She's got her own physical challenges. She still manages to, mm. to keep, uh, keep things together in that regard. And, and I think, oh no, what am I going to say to her? I mean, she's going through her own stuff and I need to call my mom and find out how she's doing, especially since the passing of uh, my father and her husband, who she was uh, married to for almost 66 years. And I think, no, no, I leave her alone. She's, you know, um, and I'm thinking, eh, maybe I don't really need to talk to, I just need to, I just need to sit still and be quiet, you know? And there are times when we need to do that. And I would venture that some of your inspirational thoughts, your morning inspirations are geared in that direction to where you don't need to do anything on the outside other mm. than sit, be still, be quiet and listen. Mm. So I think Richard, that, one of the gifts that we have is our stillness and we don't really acknowledge it all the time. You know, it is that time that we can just sit still physically and just in that moment, whatever it is, inspire ourselves to hear what we wanted to share with someone else. Mm. But I want to, share with you that I think sometimes it's okay to just call someone and say, can you just be with me right now? Mm. Can you just be with me? Just be with me. Nothing else. Yeah. And it's also okay to say, are you available? Are you available to be with me? And even though people are going through their own things that are hard and tough, sometimes it's, it, they feel good that they're needed in a different way. I've found sort of a, and this is more intellectual than anything else, uh, paradox that we as human beings, we need the connection with mm -hmm. one another. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not sure where the attachment comes in and whether that's necessarily uh, healthy or not, but because we become attached to one another, mothers and fathers with their children, children with their parents, husbands with their wives, wives with their husbands, et cetera, et cetera, friends and so forth. If we didn't become attached to one another, then maybe there wouldn't be this major upheaval when they go. And yet it's not something we can escape because that's our nature to connect. And maybe the wrong, maybe that's the wrong word to attach. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Maybe yeah. that's the wrong word, but I think, you know, where I'm kind of going with this, it's like, you know, I have a brother, no matter what he thinks or believes, he will always be my brother and my sisters and the same. And my mother, of course. Um, and I don't tolerate people. I hate that word. I, I don't use that word. I accept them. And there's mm. a big difference because tolerate means I don't like anything you do. I, this, and you know, you, you go on and on about that. So right. I'm going to tolerate, I'm going to put up with you. Basically, I'm just going to, I'm going to put up with you and your craziness. And there's judgment there, but acceptance yeah. is I accept you. I don't have to like mm -hmm. the things that you say and do, but I, I need to accept you because you have a right to be here just like I do. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard connection. That's that, that definitely is a hard, but connections are essential. They're essential no matter what it, how, or they, they, and you're right. Attachment is a little bit of a different word mm -hmm. and connection is, you know, and some connections are deeper than others. And some connections we hold hands and some connections we just verbalize and some connections we embrace 
and some connections we just stand next to each other, but they're all connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the gift of humanity. And, you know, we'll be surprised about the courage and the power that the human spirit has. And one of the basis is there must be compassion. Mm -hmm. There must be. But we need to have acceptance for ourselves before we have can even accept others, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have acceptance for ourselves. It's harder for us to accept others. And if we're constantly judging ourselves, we're going to judge others. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always easy to do. Oh, no. And it's work. Yeah. But as you know, and I know you know this, that it's day by day, but even more so, it's moment by moment, mm-hmm. because a day is 24 hours. That's a long time. <laughs> and if we could just take one moment at a time and say, in this moment, I'm going to be accepting. In this moment, I'm going to find a connection. It may grow to something different, but it can make that moment a good one. Susan P. Lax. SusanPLax.com. By the way, that's Lax with an X at the end, L-A-X. Uh, not the uh, not the uh, terminal or anything of that nature, but uh, we are talking <laughs> with her about. <laughs> a I've lost luggage there. <laughs> you've lost luggage there. Well, you'll get it back in the end. I, I will tell you that on the other side, they've got it for you waiting. <laughs> this is what I've been told anyway, along with all of our lost uh, single socks, I guess, yeah, right. uh, that, that have disappeared over the years. That's uh, so correct. Absolutely. And you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we're talking with Susan P. Lax and about the work that she has uh, created for you and for me called A Heart's Landscape. And we certainly hope you will accept the invitation that she has extended to the concert uh, that is the 26th of March, 2023. Uh, what's the, uh, the time uh, of the concert? So physically, the door is open at 7, but the concert starts at 7.30. And this is 7.30 Eastern? Eastern, New York City time. So that'll be uh, 7.30, 6.5, 4.30 uh, Pacific. So folks will have plenty of time on a Sunday. I don't know that there are any special sporting events or anything of this nature at that particular hour. So uh, you'll be able to log in and go to susanplax.com and uh, get all the particulars, register, sign up, uh, get tickets, you know. Um, is there going to, this may sound a little strange, because most concerts, uh, you have the opportunity to buy merchandise. Uh, is there anything in relation, aside from the book, aside from the book, which we certainly <laughs> hope people will get a copy of, is there anything else? Uh, t-shirts, hats, confetti. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be selling autographs. Uh, books at the concert. Um, and uh, Shira has, I believe that she does, Shira has butterflies that are mm. her sign of who she is. And I believe there may be some of those things there and perhaps some of her shirts there. Oh, okay. Now, you, aside from being an author, you have some other endeavors as well. You are a spiritual counselor. Is that right? That is correct. How does that, that work? Is correct. How does that work? Ah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, really, I, I guide people to discover what's in them, to uh, help them get through with what they're dealing with at the moment. Mm. I do not go back in the past. I do not go to the future. Um, Those are different folks. Those are psychologists and therapists. Mm -hmm. I really just deal with the now and how can we make this moment matter? Seems to be uh, a common theme, especially amongst uh, many of my guests, the now. Hmm. We even have a local gentleman here in Santa Barbara who refers to himself as the nowist uh, <laughs> because uh, that seems to be a common theme right now. Um, and, and I know that it's nothing new. I mean, this is something that we've been we've been taught or at least uh, um, uh, it's been 
elucidated on in all of the ancient wisdom teachings. Uh, be in the present moment. You know, the past isn't going to do you any good and the future isn't either because neither of them has happened. Matter of fact, uh, I love this uh, from a, there was a, a there was a movie we were watching and this was the fra- the, the the question that came up. Uh, what two days never exist? Mm-hmm. And you start what going through Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and the two days that never exist mm-hmm. are yesterday and tomorrow. Uh, and then the joke is uh, there was a sign uh, outside a pub that said uh, um, free drinks tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yesterday, the- yesterday, Richard, has an importance for us to understand sometimes our now. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I don't think should not be dealt with. I think it should be dealt with, but there is a time to deal with it and a way to deal with it. And I think that tomorrow, it's not like we can't we can't plan for tomorrow. That's important to put out there because we can't we can't just be in the moment of okay, I'm talking to you. Whatever happens, happens. So what if I don't have something to buy food with? So what if I, you know those things can't? But it's the parts of what gear our emotions is the now. What gears how we make it better right now. And sometimes we can learn from what was yesterday, right? We can learn from what was. And we're saying, you know what? I don't want that in my now anymore. I, I don't need that anymore. I've done my spring cleaning. You know, I call it spiritual spring cleaning. You know, I write a column for Pathias for the uh, magazine, the uh, spiritual magazine Pathias. And I just wrote one this weekend about, or last week, about spiritual cleaning. Um, because you know, the now allows us to do that. We, we don't need a lot of what was yesterday, but it's part of our story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the future, yeah. the future it doesn't help for us to worry about it, but it may help us to plan for it. That's the difference. Yeah. And then there's dreams. And we, we talk mm-hmm. about how we want to provide people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. You provide uh, uh, another choice, morning inspirations, uh, mm-hmm. a heart's landscape, if you will. And uh, that's going to give people uh, food for thought, as they say, uh, give someone a, a different perspective. Um, I, I like using the analogy of a circle and there are points on this circle. And what we want to do is we want to move around from point to point to point to point to point as many as we can, viewing the event that's taking place in the middle of that circle. And that way we have a better understanding because we as human beings do tend to jump almost knee jerk reaction uh, when someone says something and we think that's true. And then uh, as more information comes out, as it's further, as it's further researched, oh, that ex- wasn't exactly what uh, I thought it was. I, I, now I have to change my position, uh, which, of course, leads it to another old wise saying that I was given as, as at the age of 21. It is be- better to begin in doubt and end in certainty than to begin in certainty than end in doubt. <laughs> And I find it fascinating that we we do this over and over again, in, and we never learn the lessons uh, that, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This just happened. There is absolutely no way that I could have all of the information needed to make any kind of an evaluation or judgment, if you will, on this circumstance. I better reserve judgment if I'm going to judge until I get more information. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I find so fascinating about our society today is in any in whatever the situation is, knee-jerk reaction to to these yeah. kinds of things. And we do. We need to, even in our own personal lives. We, well, that's we, where it starts from. Yeah. We must start from where we are because we have to be 
accept ourselves for the beautiful souls we are. And we mm -hmm. are beautiful souls, all of us, the pain, the joy, the sadness, the hurt, the funny, the glorious, all of us. And, you know, I think that is one of my constant messages that I try to give out there is that be gentle with yourself, be kind with yourself. Because when we are that way with ourselves, we start being that way with others. Mm. Talk to us uh, a little bit about, um, one thing I want to talk about is our intuition. And we're going to do that as we continue talking with Susan Lax here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. SusanPLax.com is the website. A Heart's Landscape is the book, a concert on the 26th of March of this year. We're linked to your website, SusanPLax.com. What about sitting still, going within, and listening to that still, small voice, but beyond that, following the promptings of that still, small voice? Like anything else... It's practice. It's practice. You know, when I guide someone through meditation and they'll say to me, look, I, there's no way I'm sitting more than 30 seconds. I, I just absolutely cannot do it. And I may differ from other meditation teachers. I don't think there's a right and a wrong way to do meditation. I believe there's a way that works for your soul and for your heart. And so there are different ways to do that. There, we could sit for 30 seconds and we can listen to music. Someone could guide us. It could be 40 seconds. Or we may need movement to do that. And the more we practice, so as I share in the concert, <laughs> there's a song that's, you know, I tell people to put their hand on their heart and feel the miracle of who they are. And what do we do in order to feel the miracle of who we are? So in all honesty, I go into a room sometimes and I close the door, I put on any music and I start dancing. I just dance away. I take my mind. I say, you sit this one out. This is just for my body, my soul and my heart. Sorry. And all of a sudden there's a clarity. Like there's a new, a new plate of colors that an artist has that I'm able to start coloring my new moments. So there, there are different tools, but it's called practicing, just like anything else, Richard. I can't hear you. It's interesting because you, um, you talk about this from the standpoint of, uh, of someone who has sort of, I don't want to say uh, mastered the uh, art of um, getting to mind to sit still for a while. I went through, I remember learning meditation or learning about meditation in the eighties. And it was always, you got to quiet the mind. You got to get it to shut up and sit <laughs> down and do nothing, you know, almost making an enemy of it. Right. And then um, of late in the last 10 or 15 years, I've, I've, I've learned a little bit more about how, well, you know, really what you knew is just, you know, uh, uh, I, I think you need to befriend the mind and say, okay, look, I need to take some time for me. I need to go into this quiet place and 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 I need to listen. And when I come back, you and I were going to have some fun. And then one of my guests had this wonderful insight. He said, ah, think of your mind as a little child and say, you can come with me, but you got to be quiet. Okay, mm -hmm. you got to be quiet, but you can come. All right. So now you're incorporating the mind into the process and saying, this space is my space. Mm -hmm. And I am inviting you in as long as you stay quiet. Right. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and the more we practice these things, you know, because our mind can kidnap us. Our mind can kidnap us and hold us hostage. Mm. And um, guess what? We're in, we, we, hello, I'm here. <laughs> I don't want to be kidnapped by anybody, you know? And so I think it's really, um, to go back to the question about intuition is 
by doing all these different things, we learn to hear, we learn to listen, and we learn to trust. It's not just hearing it, it's trusting what we're hearing. Mm. And I think that that's, that's a big part of it. Oh, yeah, that, that aspect of trust. And I know that you and I both have had experiences where I can't do that. No, no, no. That goes against the plan that I have created in my mind, in my intellect. You don't know what, no, no. And I had that situation happen once and I fought it and fought it and fought it and it wouldn't go away. Now, bear in mind, it was all still my choice. Okay. It was always my choice. I finally acquiesced. All right. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. A few days later, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> right? Because I can look right. back and see if I hadn't done that. Oh my goodness. The floodwaters would have overtaken me. So there are times when uh, we struggle with that. But as you say, the more you practice, the more that it becomes second nature. But I would venture, even with you, there still come those moments when you go, ah, I'm not sure. Um, maybe not. And yet it's like, well, wait a minute. Why are you listening then? <laughs> oh, all the time. You know, I think, first of all, when those questions come up, should I, shouldn't I? Mm -hmm. Many times I say, okay, I'll just be in the question. I don't need the answer right now. Just, just relax in the question. And somehow when I do that, the answer that coordinates with my heart, in, and I say with my heart, which is the correct for my soul, it appears. And I don't have to debate, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? <laughs> I think that's that's a big that's a big part of it. Because remember yeah. that questions can be our friends. The answers don't always are not always the most important part. And I have begun to uh, better understand uh, uh, regarding questions. I've heard this many times. Uh, the answers actually in your question. Uh, and I've I've begun to experience that from time to time. And believe it or not, there have been times when the answer is. Do you realize how irrelevant that question is? Correct. You know? Correct. Correct. It's, you know, I, it's really, I think the whole picture comes up is, is saying, hey, I'm okay. Question comes, I'll be with the question. The answer will come. It'll be all right. We can't do that all the time. There's no mm -hmm. way. We no. can't be joyful all the time. We can't be grateful all the time. We can't be mindful all the time. It just doesn't happen. But just a little bit. Yeah. And then that little bit somehow grows and becomes contagious and grows a little more. So don't aim and everybody who's listening to us is going, oh, Susan <laughs> is all the time joyful, all the time grateful, all the time mindful. No, that does not happen. Trust me. And we go, yeah, we go through yeah. phases. We go through phases yep. throughout our life. Yeah. A heart's landscape, an invitation to the Garden of Moments uh, uh, by uh, Susan Lacks. And of course, when you are challenged, as we all are, how do you tap into your moment of joy? That's a rather interesting question. Um, and first of all, I want to get your definition. What, what do you consider joy? Joy is on that beautiful bouquet of emotions that we are given. She sits there and she lives within us. And again, in my concert, we talk about this. We sing about this. But joy can sometimes be, I don't want to hear about joy. This is not a joyful time for me. Don't tell mm -hmm. me, oh, be joy, especially around the holidays. Not everybody goes, oh, it's so joyful. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen. But if we're persistent and we keep inviting her back, we keep inviting, she will show up sometimes at the most surprising time because she lives within us. We can't go buy her in a store. We can't go on a search, searching, where are we going to find joy? She doesn't live in a shelf or a drawer or in another country. She lives within each one of us. And interesting because um, I had a uh, a conversation at the lunch table with my brother and my my uh, mother, 
while I was back uh, for my father's uh, memorial. And mm -hmm. he was asking me about my journey. He says, I understand you missed your flight on the way here. I had taken a train from Santa Barbara to Burbank Airport, raced as fast as I could to the terminal. Turns out my gate was at the far end of the terminal. I got through uh. TSA and I am running, 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 running. And I get there and are you Mr. Dugan? Uh, yeah, you missed your flight. They've already closed the doors. Um, but I'm right here and the flight doesn't take off for another 15 minutes. Said, I'm sorry, but blah, and I'm, I'm not going to be one of those nutballs who goes berserk. And says, You're going to open those doors because, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going right. to. go. OK. I caught my breath and I said, OK, what can we do? Because I need to get to Phoenix yeah. and so forth. So they put me on standby for the next flight. And of course, I told them why I was needing to get there. And there were 10 people ahead of me. I don't know whether they were bumped for me because needless to say, I was on the next flight out, got mm. to Phoenix and everything was fine. So my brother, he's questioning me. Well, weren't you worried about that? No, it was just part of the adventure. He says, well, wasn't being here important? I says, well, of course it was important, but my getting all bent out of shape, by the way, that's one of my father's phrases. My getting all <laughs> bent out of shape was not going to get me to Phoenix any faster. Uh, right. They could have gotten me on a flight on a different airline, but I would have gotten there late. I could have rented a car, but there's no way I was going to drive in the driving rain that particular day across the desert to try to, you know, to get there uh, and so forth. Of course, it was important to me. But for me, traveling and the, all of the challenges that it it brings with it is nothing more than part of the adventure. Plus the fact that I got to meet and get to know uh, this 82-year-old widower who loves to travel. Uh, he used to uh, fly his own airplanes. He's mm -hmm. a pilot. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he's from the Midwest and all of this. I mean, I got to have this wonderful conversation with this gentleman. Right. Which That's is sort great. of part of my part of my deal is, is, you know, I'm very gregarious in that way. And I right. find out that, of course, my father was, too. So. Yeah. Um, for, and for me, that was joyous. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm that was a moment of joy. Yeah, I am now suffering a little injury to my arm that was that was carrying my suitcase, which was a little uh, of our briefcase, which was a little on the heavy side. You know, but oh. you know that'll 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 get better. I mean, you know, it's temporary too. But um, when yeah. you talk about joy, it's those kinds of situations. For example, where if you can find the joy in that moment, especially, and if it is you're traveling, you know, disconnect from the turmoil that you. You know what see. I say? I hmm. say instead of finding the joy, invite the joy. Ah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Intent is very important. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. important. What's the difference yeah. in your perspective between joy, happiness, and bliss? So many times I've asked all of uh, that question. And I think each one of them evokes something in us. And there are times that happy is just, huh? and there are times that bliss are like, and there's some sense of joy are like, yes, <laughs> it depends on the moment. And I think that they all in the end connect to allowing a smile to come upon our face. And that's the most important thing. Well, I certainly did have a smile on my face. And it's it's interesting because in I don't want to, I won't say in spite of, I'm going to say even because of, because of the reason why I was traveling to Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I was joyous for the experience that I was having, uh, for the destination in terms of being together with family that I don't get to, to do that. And the last two times now have, have been to memorialize a, a, a family member, but at least I'm there and I get a chance mm -hmm. to, to, to share that time uh, with my brother and sisters and mother. Right. And, um, not even to contemplate my own 
mortality, I've, I've made peace with all of that. You know, if today's my day, I'm good to go. Please don't take me today. There's still a lot more that I want to do, but right. I can't control that. That isn't up Correct. to me, you know? Correct. Correct. Um, and, and I'm going to do my utmost not to do anything foolish to precipitate the situation. <laughs> but do you find that a lot of people um, not, not just struggle with this concept of their own mortality, which is really a false concept because it's only the physical body that's mortal. That which makes us who we are is immortal. It lives forever. That they well, struggle with that whole idea and, and, and we have a real hard time as human beings because we're so, we're not, we don't see ourselves as spiritual beings having a human experience. We see ourselves as human beings having a human experience. And, and We don't talk about death. And yeah. in, 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 and I believe that just as we talk about birth, I think it's so important to talk about death. And there's got the conversation about death is not something that should be forbidden. It should be something welcome. And I think, you know, we prepare so much when a baby's coming into this world. Oh, you know, I'm a grandmother of five at this point since mm -hmm. last we spoke. Congratulations. So, thank you. And so there's so much that goes into preparation for these babies. The parents go to learn how to be parents, how to give birth, all this equipment, the grandparents, the this, the that. There's so much. And what do we do to welcome this new human spirit that's entering this world? Yet we don't talk about the death. We don't talk about that that is. And I think that when the conversation is out there and we talk about it, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, just like anything else, fear just comes by to visit. It doesn't stay. Yeah. And, you know, if we acknowledge that that's fearful and we talk about it, the fear isn't the main part about death anymore. And yeah. so I, I encourage, you know, talk about it. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. To all of us. My, <laughs> to all one of my, us. One of my father's wise sayings, eat, drink, and be merry in moderation because nobody gets out of this world alive. Yeah. yeah. And th there are two elements to my father's passing I'll share with you. Number one, um, that my um my uh, uh my mother and one of my sisters and one of my nieces and and uh, my brother-in-law of my late sister um they were around my father um mm -hmm. before his passing and they were singing songs they brought a bunch of chairs around his his bed and they were singing songs traveling songs hymns uh you know just whatever it is that came to mind and uh, and he passed through that process to which my mother says that she says, we sang him up to heaven, which I thought was really kind of cool. But she told what a beautiful exit. What a oh, beautiful yeah. gift for all of you and for him. I wish I had been actually physically there to experience mm. that. But still, I, I'm very much aware of that, that energy. But she told me that she said to my father, even though he was unconscious at the time. Yeah. He says, you can go. You can go, and and when you go, you're going to be able to see again. You're going to be able to hear. And then I added to that, even though I wasn't there at the time, I said, and you are going to be able to walk without falling down. Wow. And, and so wow. that was pretty cool. I am um, really grateful for... Um, what we have talked about here on the program today. And ladies and gentlemen, just as a reminder, this program is, of course, Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we're talking with Susan Lax and her work, The Hearts Landscape, A Hearts Landscape. And uh, I want to thank you for giving us so much time here on the program. I really appreciate it. And um, I have three final questions. These may be a little different than, than the ones I asked you the last time we were on, that you were <laughs> on the program, but uh, most appreciative. Um, and the first of those three questions is, who is Susan Lax? I am, first, most important, 
a member of humanity and very glad that I am. And number two, I am a woman. And number three, I am a partner in love and life with someone and a mother and a grandmother. What is your life's purpose? To smile at least once a day by connecting with someone and enjoying a moment together. And what was your best day? My best day. Wow. My best day ever <sighs> was when it became a better day after being a bad one. Once again, I thank you, Susan Lax, for joining us, SusanPLax.com. And that concert, March 26th, 2023, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4th, uh, 7.30 p.m. actually, doors open at 7, uh, 4, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Go to SusanPLax.com to find out more. And uh, we thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol, Jeanette, I am listening. And dad, be happy. <laughs>